You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe, hit that like button, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters, and we have a very special episode today because we are extremely excited to welcome in a special guest, Corey Pronman, who is the senior NHL prospects writer for the Athletics. And what better time to talk about prospects than the day after the NHL draft lottery? <laughs> Corey, welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. And look, Corey, the Coyotes dropped in the NHL draft lottery wow. again, so <laughs> everything feels normal in the world. <laughs> Right, but at least you know with this format, you only two drawings, so you knew they were going to have at least a top uh, a top four pick, and up only third, only one spot. Yeah, could be <laughs> yeah. For Coyotes, that's a win. By yeah. the way, Corey, <laughs> if you follow the Coyotes, all losing by one is a is a big win for the Coyotes fans. <laughs> exactly. So, Corey, after this bizarre two year COVID induced odyssey. Has life returned to normal for you? In other words, are you are you on the road constantly again, spending the athletics money? <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't say constantly to the pace we were before, uh, just because there have still been things that have been canceled and uh, delayed. Also, we had a World Juniors that only lasted for a couple of days. I actually ended up going to that uh, because we kind of saw that there were going to be a lot of issues with that tournament, and there was a lot of international tournaments in February that were canceled. We had COVID pauses with the junior leagues in the middle of the season too. So this season wasn't completely normal, but it was trending closer towards normal. And we can only hope that the next season uh, looks like a lot like 2019. Just as a follow to that, do you have a good sense? Do scouts have a good sense, analysts, execs, of how much COVID has impacted the development and even the evaluation of prospects? Um, no. I mean, it's hard. It's, you can, you know, there's no precedent, so it's hard to, to say. It, you can speculate, and I mean, this looks like a really poor Ontario uh, draft year. The O4s, there isn't a, a lot of guys that scouts are really excited about among the O4s, and they were the ones that missed an entire season last year. And some people t- tell me that this group wasn't that great coming up to begin with, and, and some say it's because of the missed years. So that's it, that's going to be an argument going forward. It'll be interesting to see how next few years play out. Will any will there be names that emerge out of nowhere? It's it, it's fair to say that among the O3s, the ones that were 2021 draft eligible, you haven't really seen people come out of nowhere that, that missed their OHL draft season, uh, NHL draft season in the OHL, sorry. So it's it's going to be an, a question we won't know the answer to until I think five years from now. 
One more uh, on that. When I talked to Chris Peters the other day, and I, I know you guys spent a lot of time together recently, uh, he said that this might be the fewest players coming out of the OHL drafted maybe ever. I, I don't know what historically it's looking like to you, but he was saying yeah, you, you're probably looking at, you know, NTTP guys, USHL guys, Western Hockey League guys, and of course Europeans. Is, is that your sense of this draft as well? Yeah, and the Quebec isn't really that strong either. I think you got Nathan Gaucher out there, who I think will be a first-round pick. Uh, but but otherwise, there there aren't a lot of great Q players as well. So it's definitely more of a program, uh, Western League and European-driven draft. There will be some OHL players picked, but usually you're used to seeing somewhere between four to six OHL players picked in the first round. That definitely won't be the case this year. If we get to five, that would surprise me, to be, be quite honest. So you kind of alluded to it. Obviously, it's not going to be as strong of a draft in the OHL. But as a whole, what are executives and scouts and analysts saying about this 2022 draft class as a whole? What are its strengths and weaknesses and how does it compare to past draft class? Yeah, that's a good question. I think at the very, very top. So if you're you're Montreal, uh, if, if you're in New Jersey, you're probably not looking at the guys who at one or two are the strength of which you're used to seeing at those slots. Um, otherwise, after those guys, I think it starts to look like a t- pretty typical average draft class. I think when you get to kind of that 3 to 10 range, it looks typical. That 11 to 30 range, it, it looks typical. Uh, uh, there isn't really a goalie in this year's draft class. You had a first-round goalies going in each of the last three years, and I don't expect you might even see a goalie go in the top two rounds this year. You might see one, I, I think, but that's not a strength this year. But at the top of the draft, you have some really good centers. You've got a couple of really good defensemen. So I think at least in that top 10 range, it, it looks it doesn't excite you, but it looks standard. The one variable that will be different for this year's draft class is the Russian variable in that you have a couple of really good Russians like Daniela Yurov and Pavel Mitnikov who you can think of as top 10, top 15 guys on talent, but will they go there because of the issues going on overseas? And then you have Ivan Mirostachenko, who is both Russian and got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, who is a top five player on talent, and how and what happens with him over the over the next uh, you know couple of years and going forward with his life will be something to monitor. And we've gotten good news on that recently in terms of his progression, but uh, but obviously it's just a terrible uh, thing to happen to such a young player. I mean, what's surprising when you talk about those Russian players and how far Mirostachenko dropped. Does somebody still take a chance? Do you think somebody takes a, a first-round pick on him, even with the health issues? I, I think a month or two ago, the answer would have been no. Uh, but Miroslav was actually at the World U18s in Germany. He was meeting with teams there uh, with his representatives. And coming out of those meetings, teams seem to be more optimistic about his prognosis. They're, you know, they're getting, you know, from seeing what the medicals were. Uh, it seems to be better news right now. I'm still not going to sit here and say he's for sure going in the first round. I think those are they're going to need to get all the information about him over the next two over the next few weeks and and make a decision. But talking to NHL clubs over the la- over the last week or so, I've gotten more of a sentiment that teams would be willing to use a late first, early second on him than about a month ago before we got this new information. And you look at the Coyotes and more draft picks than any team in NHL history through the first three rounds this year. So they can accomplish a lot. And maybe, just maybe for Coyote fans, that's a player. You don't want to say waste a pick because nobody wants to waste a pick. But they've got seven picks in the top 45. 
that's a player like Bill said, you can yeah, take a chance. Like you can take a chance on a guy because you know what? We've got pick possibly 28 and 32. So yeah, maybe we can take a chance. So yeah. for Coyotes fans, it's a name to keep on your radar because it's a guy that could be there. Um, yeah, when you- I mean, yeah, I mean, when I talk around the NHL, they always say, you know, Arizona, Seattle, Montreal are just the logical landing spots, even Buffalo to an extent because they all have so many draft picks. And so with that, we talked about they've got seven in the top 45 and we kind of we hear the common names of the top three, four, five quite a bit. Can the Coyotes improve their team from picks 25 to 45? Are there enough good players in this draft that the Coyotes can get some players that can help move them along? And not looking for specific names, just in general. Are there players in that 25 to 45 range that can really help propel this organization forward? I mean, I'm sure there are. I can't for sure tell you what those names are going to be. Uh, I mean, just I think the draft in general looks pretty standard average in terms of that that range of the draft. And history tells us there's going to be somewhere between two to three really good players that come out of that range uh, that become a long career impactful NHL players. Uh, and it's why I think, you know, we could talk about names and who I like and who some other people like or don't like. But I think history tends to show that the teams that do well in the draft pick high and pick often because it's it's not a clear science. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have high picks that are going to miss. You're going to make hits on second to fourth round picks. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, given how many draft picks they have, they've put themselves in a good position to get quality long career players. It's probably going to come from the three pick and, and there's a, chance you can get them from one of your other picks too, those late first and those second rounders. Corey, I want to ask you a two-part question about those two centers at the top of this draft, one of whom, of course, the Coyotes are not going to have a crack at in Shane Wright, we presume. The other, Logan Cooley, not sure yet, and I'll, I'll get to the second part of that in a minute. But what's your overall evaluation of those two guys? If they're not that guaranteed superstar status, what do you think they are? What do they project as in the NHL? Right. That's not what I currently project in that, but I think they're both excellent, excellent prospects who I think will have long, successful NHL careers. Shane Wright is a very well-rounded centerman. He is, he is 6'1". He's a good skater. He has great skill and offensive hockey sense. He can shoot it well. He's always been a captain wherever he goes. He works really hard. He has a great two-way game. Uh, he, I wouldn't say there's anything about his game that excites you. There's nothing about his game that I think is truly elite. But he does a lot of things really well, and I think he's going to be a first-line center in the NHL, a guy who will help a team win games. Um, I just don't know if he's going to reach that high, high echelon of the NHL, that top five center in the league, that top eight center in the league. Could he be a top 20 center in the league? I could definitely see that. Uh, and Logan Cooley, on the other hand, does have some of those dynamic qualities. He is, he is exceptionally skilled, creative. He's an excellent skater. He has a high compete level. Uh you know, not a whole lot of five ten centers in the NHL uh, who are first line centers, but I think he has a chance to be a low end first line center. I mean, the, the other ones would be there's only three that come to mind really: Jack Hughes, Vincent Trocheck, and, and Brayden Point. Uh, all three excellent players, mind you, but only not not, not that many of them. But I, I think Cooley has a chance to be one of the next ones, uh, just because there's just so many positives about his game, and uh, he's a really fun, entertaining player to watch, who I think provides two-way value, too, despite his size. Following up on Logan Cooley, when you look at New Jersey in the number two slot and you look at their center depth chart, is that a guy they're even looking at? Or might Logan Cooley be available for the Kyrus to make a decision on at number three? 
I think that's going to be an interesting talking point over going through this draft season right now is I think given the center depth that New Jersey has where they have uh, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and Dawson Mercer, mind you, who had an excellent rookie season and can play center, uh, they're in a position to really not incorporate position into their analysis. Now, you can look at all those guys, kind of how Mercer played some wing this season and say, well, if we just really love Logan Cooley that much, we can just slap him on the wing with, with Heischer or Hughes. But Uri Slavkowski is an awesome prospect too, and I think uh, we'll see how his world championships go. If he has a really strong world, then I think it's even a stronger argument for him to be in a second overall pick mix and for them to not really to not pick Logan Cooley, even though I think I mean I think all those top three players, Cooley, Slavkowski, and Wright are very close to each other. But yeah, because New Jersey doesn't need a center, like most teams picking in this range usually do. I think this could be a, a, a spot where Yuri Slavkovsky could very well end up. So, so oh, I'm oh, sorry, look Leah. at that. <laughs> no, oh I'm my sorry. gosh. No, I'm just, I, I, and I, first of all, I urge everybody to go look at Corey's list on The Athletic because he has in-depth reviews of all these top 29. Just came out yesterday, so this is current. And Coyotes fans can go, okay, because we're going to get a couple of picks in those top 29, mm-hmm. maybe three. You should know the list. Check out Corey's list. So that's first. Second, I know you've already mentioned all three names. So if you're the prognosticator on draft day, the top three picks, are those the top three names? Is that it? Is, is it Wright, Cooley, and Slavkowski? Right. The only other guys I think could, at least at the moment, play their way into that would be the two defensemen, uh, David Yerichek and Simon Nemec, who also, like Slavkowski, will be at this upcoming World Championships and could play their way higher in the draft order if they have big tournaments Nemec in particular is coming off a very strong playoffs with his club team in, in Slovakia. And Yerchek missed the entire second half of the season due to a knee injury he suffered at the World Juniors. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays there. But those are the only two that I can conceivably see work their way up into that second or third spot, depending on how their next couple of weeks go. Great. Well, we want to ask you about some more specific players Um, But before we do, I just want to remind everyone that if you haven't already to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can bet on the NHL playoffs are happening right now, the NBA playoffs, the Suns won last night, thankfully. Um, And this week at DraftKings, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets. If they do, you can also turn a small bet into a big payday with same game parlays. And right now, all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's 21 and over, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Okay, so we want to ask you, you know, because you're the expert on some of these prospects in the, the first round of the draft this year. And we already sure. talked about Wright and Cooley, um, and we just mentioned it. So let's start with, oh my gosh, Craig. I know you wrote your, the phonetics. Is it Uri or Uraj? Because I've heard both. It's, I, I've always heard it as Uri Slavkowski. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uri Slavkowski. Slavkowski. Okay. So what can you tell us about him as a player? Uh, I mean, he's got everything you wanted in an NHL player. He's six four. He's a good skater. He has great hands. He can make plays. He has a, a shot that can score from range. 
Um, I wouldn't call him a guy who's overly physical, but not somebody gets pushed around either. Uh, you know, he's, he's big, strong forward, and, and it just has a just scores at a at a really high rate. Typically, I mean, he's what I think he had what like six, seven goals there at the Olympics. Uh, nine points in five games with Lincoln Gretzky. Uh, just a really talented player who you can easily see playing high in NHL lineup. The only con on him is that he's a projected winger, even though he has played some center in his life. Uh, I, I even remember last season seeing him play some center. So I'm not ruling out that possibility that he could even be a center. But as of now, he's a projected winger into the NHL. All right. The next one is Joachim Kemmel. Yep. Uh, Kamel just just no. saw him play about a week or two ago at the U18s, and he was he was excellent there, including a hat trick in the quarterfinals that knocked out Canada. Uh, just a, uh, he's an exciting player. He has great skill. He's a great shot. Uh, really competitive player too. He, he's not afraid to, to to take a hit to make a play. He's you know committed defensively. A uh, good skater. I think his size is not the only kind of the, the issue on him. He's like 5'11", 6'0". It's not the biggest, most imposing guy, although he does play hard. Uh, had a great year in Finland, too. Scored a lot of goals and points for a 17-year-old in that league. Um, so you can see that he's already had success versus men, which is not uh, something you always see for these high-end first-draft eligibles. Uh, so like I said, very impressive prospect. So when you talk about things that the Coyotes are looking for, We've talked about centers a lot on this show that they need to improve sure. the middle of the ice, but they also want size. So one of the guys on the list of guys we want to ask you about today is at the NDP is Cutter Gauthier, the little right. bit bigger kid. He's 6'2". What do you know about Cutter? Cutter is one of the most what interesting players in the draft for that reason is that he has size. He has skating ability. So from a pro projection, he's already really interesting. He has He's shown offensive ability. He has one of the best shots in the draft. Uh, he can he played all situations for the NTDP, uh, and what's interesting about him is he did play center for stretches of the season uh, with the program. He ended the season on Logan Cooley's wing, but even when he was there, he was taking a lot of faceoffs. And so I think there is a debate in the industry right now: Is Cutter Gauthier going to be a pro center or a pro winger? And if you believe he's a center, and with the size and the skating and the offense. Um, he's a very interesting pro prospect for that reason. I never know if this is real or perceived, but we've heard all this talk that he's rising on draft boards. Is, is that true? And if so, why? Uh, just like I said, he's, his play is just kind of elevated over the course of the season. Kind of started in the middle of the NTP lineup. He, he worked his way up all the way to that top line. He played center really effectively when they were asking to do that when Charlie Strangle was hurt. Uh, his U18 World Championship was excellent. He was one of their top players. I think him and Cooley both played something like 22, 23 minutes in, the, in their middle round games. Uh, so I think that was, those are the contributing factors to that. We just did our staff mock draft yesterday, uh, and our Detroit writer took him at eight. Mm-hmm. And when we sent that around to NHL personnel uh, to audit it, they didn't say he was too hot, that he was too high, and one person actually said he went too low. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think there is a lot of uh, considerable interest in this player right now high in the draft. We're going to keep it in the middle of the ice. And one of the best names in the draft right now, <laughs> and I can imagine his nickname, which I will say later, we'll go to Mississauga, Luca Del Bell Baluz. And I'm, is he Belbiv DeBow in the room? We're we guessing? No? Luca, what do you know about Luca and Mississauga? Well, well, Luca missed 
like, like many OHL players, missed his entire last season. He played the previous year because he was a late birthday. I think he had only like three or four points and he, uh, skyrocketed to like an 80-point season this year playing center for Mississauga, who was one of the biggest surprises in the OHL this season. People thought they'd be a bottom feeder, but they ended up being one of the better teams in their conference. And uh, the two draft eligibles, Del Belbalouz and Owen Beck, were big reasons why. Uh, 6'1 center with really good hands and vision. He can shoot the puck really well. I don't think he'll be a high first rounder uh, because his skating isn't the best. He might be more of a late first, early second, right where the Coyotes have a bunch of picks. I mean, he, I'm not saying he's going to be one of their picks, but he's one. He's in the pool of options that I think they'll consider from. And I think you know that's a guy you're, you're, you will gamble on, even though he doesn't have the best skating because there's a lot of offense there that if if he hits, you can get a top nine forward. And he and he's still a decent sized kid too, right? He's yes. listed at six feet, so he's a decent sized centerman. He did. He killed penalties for them too, so I don't think there's the compete levels an issue there. I I, I think he's like I said, it's just the skating is the one issue with him. It's why he won't be a high first rounder. But I think this is a he's a good player, and like I said, this is a weak year for the OHL. But he was one of the lone bright spots outside of Shane Wright in the OHL this season. All right, since you mentioned Owen Beck, let's just shift right over to him. Stick on the same team. Yeah. No, he's like he's a. Uh, uh, a little bit different player than Double Blues, a little bit more flashy, skill-shooting uh, kind of player. Owen Beck is a good skater. He competes hard. He can create in the interior parts of the offensive zone. Uh, there is offensive skill there. I just you know didn't put up big numbers this year, but again, OHL missed the entire season, so I think some scouts are willing to forgive that a little bit, that he didn't have the huge numbers this season, even though they liked his progression uh, overall. Uh, I think there's this, because he's not like dynamic offensively. Again, another guy I think might be late first, maybe more of a second rounder. Depend, we'll see how we'll see how the draft unfolds. Um, but there's people out there who think this guy could, has a chance to be a top nine forward. All right, and as long as we're mentioning great names and, and great team names <laughs> yes. as well, let's go to Jagger Furcus from Moose Jaw. I mean, you can't do what better than name. you can't do better than that. So go ahead, Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Furcus, another guy who kind of rose as the season went along. There wasn't even invited to Canada's U18 camp in the summer, and you know, he would make their that, that team in a heartbeat right now. Had a huge year. I think, think something like 30, 35 goals, eighty points in in the Western League. Uh, really skilled player. Has a fantastic shot. Uh, not the biggest or fastest, but he works hard enough and. And uh, I, he was the name player of the game in the CHL top prospects game where, where he was quite good there. And I think he's kind of in that same range as Del Belleluz and Beck where he might sneak into the first. If not, he's absolutely going on in, in the second round because there's a lot of offense there. And, you know, kind of reminds me of a little bit of Oliver Borkstrand at the same age where if you get the skating just to be good enough, he has so much offense and the shot is so good that you can kind of see a path to where he could become a useful NHL player. What? I'm going to spring one more, and I apologize for this because we're talking about great names, and I've got one that's got sick flow, like might be the best hair in the first <laughs> round of the draft. I watched him on TV yesterday. It was Connor Geeky. He's got some NHL pedigree. He's got sure. unbelievable flow and sick swagger to him, and his brother's already playing in the NHL in Seattle, and I know we, we, we've asked a lot of names, but can you just give us a little Connor, Connor Geeky? Right. Connor Geeky and Matt Savoy have been two of the most highly scouted players in in. Uh, the world for this for this draft just because they play on the same team, uh, the Winnipeg Ice and the WHL, and that team has been so good. Uh, yeah, there's just been a, a constant swarm of scouts going through that rink this season. Uh, and yeah, Connor Geeky, he's a six-three center with a really high skill level. He can make plays. He can shoot it well. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things there from a pro projection. I mean, the, the feet 
kind of like his brother Morgan are, are, are the one area that, that he really needs to have some work on uh, in terms of presenting the National Hockey League. But uh, a guy who's not going to last that long in the draft, he's a, you know, a lot to be a first-rounder, could even be a high first-rounder uh, just because of the, of the size and the skill. Corey, I want to ask you, who do you like for the Arizona Coyotes at pick number three? Oh, we're putting you on the spot here. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think you look at this organization right now, and you, and it's not they need a lot of things and throughout their pipeline and on the team. <laughs> but, but but you know, great teams are built d- down the middle and, and on defense. So I, I know if if the draft were, I, I love your Slavkovsky and and Logan Cooley and Shane Wright. They're all great players. But I think if you get to a scenario where you can get a Logan Cooley at three. And I think the other two defensemen, David Yurchek, Simon Nemec, I think really highly of. And we'll see how I might change this order over the coming weeks. But but right now, my preference would be towards Logan Cooley. I think he might be the most dynamic player in this draft class, even though he is, he is five foot ten, And there is some impact upside there where you can even, you know, he, smaller center, he might not hit. He may not become the star number one center you want. But I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance he could be that player where a year or two from now he's on the team and he's scoring and providing two-way value and, and you feel like you've got that foundational piece. You know, I mean, they do have, you know, they have some young pieces there. You know, they have Soderstrom on D, they have Barry Hayden at center. I think they're good players, but they need that one guy. And I think Cooley could be that one guy. And that's Corey Promen's pick of the week right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> DraftKings pick of the week by Corey Promen. So it. before we let you go here, Corey, I know you were extremely busy. So thank you for taking the time. We need to get a little dirt on Chris Peters. I believe you spent some time with him recently, right? Friend of the show, did, Chris yes. Peters, right? I did, yes. So what can you tell us about? I, I heard you also had a, an encounter with Ryan Jankowski on the Coyotes scouting staff who uh, wow. you know, greeted you from his car but didn't offer you a ride somewhere in Germany. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, 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 we were actually walking to the game and he, and he honked at us and told, kind of, told the guys to move, like, move away from him kind of thing. So, <laughs> the road. Um, wow. So, no, he's, Ryan's a, a nice person. He just made, he just made it in jest. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I got to hang out with Chris. Um, and he's kind of a little bit of an adventurer, actually. Uh, he, we were actually out in, in Germany and uh, he decided, in the, I think it was like midnight or something like that or 1 a.m., he decided he was going to take a, a lime scooter back to his hotel um, <laughs> after, after he had been out that evening. And, okay. and, let's, and, and let's just say it didn't end that well. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I, I, I heard there was, there, was, there, was a, there was a crash. There was injuries, not to other people, thankfully, just to the, just to the individual himself. Uh, but but and he had to recuperate for about a half day there to, to heal up before the before the games that the next day. But uh, but he was a trooper about it, you know. Good, good you know, he has, he has that good hockey mentality. He was he was back in the rinks. Um, <laughs> but we, and we were all happy he was he he was safe and well. This will probably come up when we have Chris on the next show. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, also there are no skeletons in your closet because I'm guessing he'll come back with those. So at any rate, Corey, thank you so much for joining us and providing great insight. I think everybody probably that follows our show and, and reads our site already knows who Corey Promen is. But yeah. check out his work at The Athletic. He he works tirelessly. It, I am amazed at the hours and the dedication to the job. He is a great source for for this sort of information on prospects in the draft. So thanks once again, Corey. 
Thanks, Corey. Correct. Thank you for having me. Awesome. All right, Corey Promen of the Athletics, senior wow. prospect writer. He knows his stuff. I'll tell you. Yeah, you even through. He does it. Because what the hell? We, wow. We, the three of us going to be on the road in Germany? Well, that doesn't sound like <laughs> you a know. Good it's plan. funny. I I too have had a road accident in a foreign country <laughs> late at night after being out. <laughs> yeah. Dot dot dot. Yeah. I was in the and, Netherlands riding a bike as one does in the Netherlands mm-hmm. and after we hours. Very late. Was um, this in Amsterdam, by the way? It was not okay. Amsterdam. Okay. It was in well, Maastricht. That which takes is something in out of the, the equation south. there. So. And um, yes, I did crash into someone. We were both okay. Actually, I was less okay. I was like bleeding on my face. Anyway, it's fine. But that just really brought me back to the traffic days. in Amsterdam, like especially or, or anywhere in the Netherlands, is crazy because there's all these layers of. There's there's the the cars, there's the the trolleys, yes. there's the bikes, there's the pedestrian, and it's all in tight spaces. So you really have to know what you're doing, and yeah. it's best not to be under the influence when you're trying to I do would, it. So I would recommend do not do that. And also yeah. in the place I was, it's you know classic European like cobblestone right. streets, and I did not. I'm not a strong bicyclist to begin <laughs> with. So anyway, not great. But thanks again to Corey Promen for joining our show. We really appreciated his insight, and I know I always plug Craig stories, but I want to plug a different story mm-hmm. and it's the story which launched today officially. Tristan Susell, who is a phenomenal storyteller, is launching her own podcast. It's the newest podcast at PHNX. And it's a her first series is a deep dive into the coyotes and their history in Arizona and how they ended up in Glendale. And she talked to some unbelievable sources and Craig was actually one of them. I'll cons- not one of the unbelievable ones. Not one of the ones, unbelievable but, ones, but uh Craig, I know you were part of it. So what can you tell everyone about the story? Yeah, it's just, it really it it's like you said, it takes a look at their history from start to finish it. I mean, in, in this first episode, she has a lot of content from Richard Burke, the initial owner who who brought the team here from Winnipeg, supposed to go to Minneapolis, thought about going to Vegas, then came to Arizona. There's great insight Unreal. there. There's 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 amazing sources. I don't want to give too much of it away, but she really got at some stuff that even that I haven't heard before. In, in the storytelling of this. So I, I really encourage everyone to check it out. The first episode is out. It's very digestible too. It's not, it's not overwhelming in length. I think it's, it's about 11 minutes, Jacob, you said. Yeah. So really, really good segment. And, and like Leah said, Kirsten's a great storyteller. I, I'm really excited for what she's going to do moving forward with, with the story. Yeah. And I was living in Minneapolis at the time when we thought, uh, Stephen Gleckstern and, and, Richard Burke, we're going to save the day and bring a team back to Minnesota. Lo and behold, they move here and it, and the story goes from huh. there. But this was really interesting because we talk all the time about Glendale Arena. We talk all the time about where this team would be. And this, honestly, this is literally and figuratively ground zero mm-hmm. of where this team could have been, should have been, and what might have been for the future, if not for a few key people and key decisions way back when and you finally hear it from the horse's mouth on what really happened and why this team is not at Los Arcos South Scottsdale North Tempe right now it's, it was a it's a great story yeah, it really it's is really interesting so subscribe to the story wherever you get your podcasts you don't want to miss this one though there's three episodes and they'll be coming out weekly the first one is out today right now so when you're done listening to this head over to the story wherever you get your podcast and give it a listen because it's phenomenal but also while you're at it become a member at gophnext.com if you haven't already so you could read 
I'll, I'll always hype you up, Craig. All of Craig's <laughs> great stories. Um, and also become a member so you can get members deals on work, uh, merchandise, access to the members only Discord. And check out the PHNX locker too because there's a lot of great stuff in there, including some of these on the wall behind me. Any final notes before we head out? Just yeah, about just on that note, I was able to get a hold of Daryl Plandowski, the director of amateur scouting, late last night. That's why my story didn't appear until this morning. Um, but some really good insights from him. But we're we're going to hear a lot more from the Coyote scouting staff. And I'll, I'll let everyone know now. I have a a really in depth series on, in my opinion, and I think Petey's too, the most complete and experienced scouting staff that this franchise has ever boasted. They are critical. You want to talk about ground zero. These are the guys that the Coyotes are relying on to build their future. These are the guys that have been out on the road, really, really working hard, spending long hours in reason. I mean, Plandowski's traveled so much. He told me some great stories that I'll share, like speeding tickets in, in Europe that he's still got to figure out how to pay, things like that. <laughs> but he's been on the road so much. So I'm going to really, really dive into this, this entire scouting staff over the next couple months. And then when we when we get through the draft, which Leah and I will be attending, I'm going to look at their development side as well because, as PD knows, that's a equally critical side of the equation and one where the the Coyotes have fallen short a lot in years past. Yeah, and I think when you when you talk about this complete scouting staff, what, what we got from Corey Promlin today is now there is some excitement because when you talk about the Connor McDavid draft, it was McDavid and Eichel, and that was it. Well, this is a three-headed monster for me. This is Wright, Slavkovsky, and Cooley. And depending on what the needs are of the teams above the Coyotes, one of those three players is going to be there at three. And that's exciting. Because if it is Slavkovsky, who is jettisoned up the, the draft boards right now, he's a guy that's played wing. What was interesting to hear is he's played in the middle of the ice, too. Mm -hmm. He's six foot four. Yeah, that kind of fits what we've been talking about that has been a need here for a long time. He may go at two. But guess what? Then you get the most dynamic offensive player in the draft at Logan Cooley. That's the downside. So the other thing that was interesting to hear is there are some other big centermen, whether it's Connor Geekies out there, uh, Gautier for the US NDP. Yeah. There's some big centermen still out there that may not go in that first 20, that may be there from 20 to 30, 35, 45. So that's exciting. Yeah. And on that note, you know, Daryl said it to me. Look, the guys at the top, everybody knows the handful of guys at the top. Past that, he goes, I guarantee you, Craig, everybody's list is different. It's You will be amazed at how much variance there is in the evaluation of that next group. And really, the group after that, it gets crazy where, you know, you, when, when you were talking to Tim Bar Bernhardt, and you, you thought he'd have like, you know, hundreds. hundreds of names. No, you don't need to because you know that if you zero in on your group of guys, somebody's going to be there and you're, you're going to be able to take them. Yeah, so it's exciting for the Coyotes and Coyotes fans as they start approaching for this draft. And I know, you know, we talked about our sister station in DNVR. Right now they could care less. <laughs> care less about the ping pong ball. Care less fair. about prospects. Care less fair. about the draft. So Coyotes fans, grab on because the next two months, this is all we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and if you missed it yesterday, we had our um, draft lottery show where we live reacted to the ping pong balls. But we also had... Coyotes general manager Bill Armstrong joined us toward the end of the episode. So if you haven't had the chance to watch that yet, and you can even just watch that part alone, it was, he was really great. Gave yeah, us a lot of insight. Interview. Literally his immediate reaction, it was within an hour of the Coyotes finding out they would be picking third. Um, and he had some, we had some laughs as well. So check that out um, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So lots of great stuff. We'll continue to talk about prospects going forward. Tons and tons of stuff between now and July 7th. So thank you, everyone, so much for watching. We'll be back tomorrow with an 
around the NHL audio episode because we have lots to talk about around the NHL. And then we'll be back Friday live at 11 a.m. on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. So we'll hope you'll join us there. Subscribe there. Like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts as well. And follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. That's where we are every single day. So we appreciate you all. Any, any final notes? No, it was a good show. And I and I think this is what Coyotes fans want to hear. Yeah. And they want to hear it from people other than us. No offense to us. but Well, I mean, it's just amazing we would give him a name and he was like already taking yeah. a breath. Yeah. Uh, he's like, seen him, but he's been in the rink. Yeah. He's seen it's him. It's rote in his head at this point. And you, I mean, we only talked to him about, what, nine guys? Yeah. I'll bet he's got a hundred guys in yeah. his head he that knows. he can do the same thing with. It's impressive. Just off the top of his head. It's yeah. unreal. It's unbelievable. So Literally. Well. I mean, I worked with this guy at The Athletic, obviously, for a couple years. And I just gained such an appreciation for how hard he works. Yeah. So thanks again to Corey. And we'll continue to get some more information on different names um, going forward because we want it to be so that Coyotes <laughs> fans going forward into the draft, every player that gets drafted, you say, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Um, what? I just thought it's George Fowler. Get your feet off the table. Oh, yeah. And he, I'm assuming that was that. Is that George? George. Yeah, George told me George, I'm definitely not taking my feet off the table. <laughs> yeah, I took mine off, but I thought he was talking to me, but I guess you too. So that's yeah. funny. And Sorry. I'm just my feet are on the ground. Is that you or B speaking, by the way, George? I wonder. So, huh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, thank you all so much for being here with us. We'll see you live on Friday. And until then, have a great week, everyone.